Welcome back to the Danger Knock Podcast, hosted by Acronym. What day is it today? It's 421? Yo, that's fucking four months of no podcast in this new year. The whole business quarter has ended, but trust me, the... Yeah, it's not the worth the wait is not gonna be worth it, but here we are. Um, but today I have a special guest. Not only is this guy the first ever guest on Danger Knock, but he's also now the first recurring guest. <laughs> but give it up for Doug. Hi, Doug. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, God, it's been a minute. It has been. I if, don't. Re- the first one was had to be two years ago almost. I think so, because you are on episode three. Uh huh. Yeah. So if you're curious of like who the fuck is this guy, <laughs> go to episode three. You can listen to that podcast, get a little bit more background on Doug. But now he's a Danger Knock vet. He's arguably in the Danger Knock Hall of Fame at this point, <laughs> which is a very small number. Didn't of know people. I was inducted. But... Yeah, he's the one and only person in it right now. <laughs> Trophies in the mail. Uh, but okay. but yeah. So how are you? Good. It's Doug literally just two minutes ago he's like it's been a long week I'm like bro it's Wednesday yeah normally my week goes fast every week I'm like wow it's it's Friday already and this week not the same I don't know why some so. weeks like you just be like blinking and then it's Friday all of a sudden it goes Friday to Friday so fast and yeah. then the weekend is even faster I think it's because it's nice out now so all of a sudden I'm like damn I want to be done like I want to yeah. go outside I don't want to work anymore like getting right into it bro Fucking, let's talk about depression because fucking, I get scared of this passage of time. It really like messes with my brain, like yeah. especially with this pandemic. Like all of a sudden, you like wake up and like months have gone by. Like I feel like the New Year's just happened, and I did the New Year's episode, and now I'm like doing episode two of, or like the next episode after that one, and it's already four months later. And I'm like, where has the time gone? Yeah, that was a big fear of mine for last year. Like. Last year was rough and a lot of it sucked, but I felt like the year kind of disappeared. Like looking back on it, I feel like I almost lost that last like eight months or six months of the year. Uh huh. Um, and I'm a little bit afraid that this year is going to be the same thing, but hopefully things get better and we get out of it. So, uh huh. Because I'm like, I'd be scared. Like I, I treat my life, I guess it's normal, but like I treat my life like each, I've talked about this in previous podcasts, that each birthday is like a closing of a chapter in a book. And if my chapter is, if that chapter is boring, I get really <laughs> a lot of anxiety. I'm like, the more I do in my, in a year kind of like stifles that anxiety. So I don't know. Have you done anything in this past year? Noteworthy. It's kind of hard right now. Cause yeah. Yeah. This year has been rough. I think it's just been a year of, um, this is kind of cliche, but like centering and self-reflection. self-reflection. I knew you were going to say self-reflection. Um, and for me, I think I really needed it to like realize that it's okay to slow down because especially like coming out of school, yeah. we graduated around the same time. I started working like immediately out of school, didn't have a break. Um, and when everything is closed and there's nothing to do, like you kind of have no choice. And now it's mm-hmm. like before, if I didn't have something to do or someone to talk to or someone to hang out with, I felt like I wasted a night. But now it's like I'm content to just make dinner at home, like mm-hmm. eat some food, do something relaxing. And honestly, like, I'm a little bit, like, like easing toward that. And I guess coming from both of us, that's pretty impressive. As ENFPs, so. we're both ENFPs. Um, <laughs> if you're curious about that, look up Myers-Briggs and test yourself and see what you are. We might talk about that later. Yeah, but I thought me that and Doug are very similar, I guess, kindred spirits in terms of, like, outgoingness. 
but he's like a smarter version of me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and if you know Doug and you know me, then you, you're nodding your head right now. <laughs> but, but yeah. But the one thing that we have been doing and kind of trying to keep sanity during this time is like, like follow entertainment. Yeah. And that's what kind of sparked kind of like what, like the purpose of this podcast episode would be. So we watched a couple of movies recently that were like, yo, there's so much to talk about that we might as well do it on here. Yeah. And that's a really good transition. I have been watching a lot more movies lately uh-huh. and not just stuff that, that recently came out, like the two movies we're going to talk about, but even revisiting older films. Um, mm. And I think it's, I think there's a lot of powerful messages in art or like in movies that can make us feel connected in times yeah. where like we otherwise might not. So that has helped out a lot this year. So you want to just like do a, a real quick like top three? Top three? Like movies oh, or oh. top five, whatever. I, I was going to say top five, but that might be too hard. Sure. Are we talking all-time movies or all-time, things I've watched? Your, your favorite, not what you think is the best, but your favorite. Like it could be mm. like critically acclaimed movies all the way to like Legally Blonde. Whatever yeah. makes you like, this is my top um, favorite. Of all, of all time. All so time. Of that I've seen in my life. So one film and i don't know that i would say that it was like my favorite but one that really stuck with me was called the fountain it's a darren aronofsky's film okay um is it foreign or no so it's he's an american director mm-hmm. he did like requiem for a dream um oh, okay. he did mother like he does I haven't seen that. he does really kind of like heady like artsy kind yeah, of yeah. um i don't want to say stuck up movies but they're like where it's like just think about it bro they're like, like artists yeah, movies yeah, yeah. which makes sense because you know i like the lighthouse it's kind of like that yeah too. yeah um so aronofsky is kind of um i don't want to say full of himself but he's got kind of that mm-hmm. style but um the fountain is like this weird three-part intermingled story where like part of it is hugh jackman as a conquistador coming to the new world to find the fountain of youth. And then the current timeline is like, he's an oncologist. Is that a cancer doctor? Yeah. Oncologist. He's an oncologist trying to save his wife from dying of terminal cancer. And then there's also future Hugh Jackman, who is a bald like uh-huh. monk astronaut in a bubble spaceship, taking a tree into okay. the um, Sebulba Nebula. So it's really weird. Okay, I need to see this. But, um, but it's interesting. So and it's really sad. He, is he? It's, it's, the the viewer is time traveling but he is going through his own like he is following the regular t- stream of time right or no or or am i or am i ruining it it's kind of open to interpretation it's kind of open to interpretation oh, because you're kind of bouncing back between the three timelines there's some christopher nolan bullshit yeah it's weird and so i think the insinuation is that like either he's been reincarnated or time is just an illusion or i don't know oh. but it's it's interesting and it's really sad and it also has a really beautiful string quartet soundtrack so that's one for me mm-hmm. that was one okay um another one and it doesn't have to be in order by the way okay yeah and so, that's just like one yeah, that yeah. had an impact on me um i have to say the lord of the rings movies okay just in general because yeah, i yeah. think they're they're masterpieces yeah and this year it sounds really really crummy but like there are certain quotes from those books that come back to me mm-hmm. um no, I'm a big quotes guy. <laughs> yeah. So after you're done, I'll 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 go, I'll go into that. I think we probably talked about this. I feel like you haven't seen Lord of the Rings. Have I I've seen the first one, okay. and I've seen Return of Smaug. Yeah. So that's or, or the Conquering of Smaug or whatever. Yeah. So in the first one, I think the scene that I've been thinking about a lot this year is just like 
how everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And there's the part where they're in the mines of Moria and they figure out that they're being followed by Gollum again. Mm -hmm. And Frodo kind of has like this moment of self-pity where he's like, my life sucks. Why is this all happening to me? I wish none of this ever happened. Like we should just kill Gollum. And Gandalf is like, no, like everything happens for a reason. Like there are ends that you can't see right now. So like even the things that you think are bad, may ultimately lead to good. And some of the things you think are good may ultimately lead to bad. So what was the quote again? Uh, I, I don't know the exact quote, okay. but it's what he's talking about um, how he wished this hadn't happened to him, but then at the same time saying that he wished Bilbo, his uncle, I guess. I don't know. I, ha, ha, You'd have to tell me. He's like, I wish Bilbo had killed Gollum. And Gandalf is like, well, you don't, you know, who are you to choose who deserves life and who deserves death? God, like, what a Batman-ass d- quote. Don't be so eager to deal out death and judgment is basically his quote. And he's like, some who die deserve life and some who live deserve death. But like, are you the one that's really going to give it to them? I'd be like, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's essentially <laughs> the, the quote. So. Just jury executioner this bitch. Um, so the entire, all of the Lord of the Rings. So I guess that's too, um, oh man, there's so many good, I'm going to say... I'm going to say The Witch, which is by... I'm, Bro, that's the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen. It's really good. And I think I really like The Lighthouse, but I think I still like The Witch better. Uh-huh. Um, because it's just so well done. And I think for a piece that's be, supposed to be set in a certain time period, it really like sets that entire tone for you. It's, I've never seen a movie be more eerie. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not, it's not a jump scare kind of movie. But it just it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And if 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 A twenty four had a slogan, it <laughs> makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's what they're best at. Exactly. And exactly. I remember that movie. Like, I after getting through a phase when I was like in middle school, where like I refused to watch any scary movies. Like I remember one time I was at a sleepover with my cousins, and they were all getting ready to watch Insidious. Hmm. And you know Insidious that has like the intro where like. It's like that big like scream and the red Insidious logo. Yep. I was checked out at that point. I, I, I was like, <laughs> no I can't watch. Jump it was literally the title screen. I couldn't get past. But then after that, after I've been watching scary movies for a while, I became kind of numb to it. And now it's like all cliche to me when I see them, especially possession movies. Like, I, I don't think I'll ever be scared of a possession movie, like scared, scared after I leave ever again. Yeah. But like the creepy movies like what what scared me most about the witch and i'm spoiling it for anybody because it's <laughs> been out for a goddamn million years but at the end with black philip yeah that and then how he just turns into whatever he turns into okay i guess i'm not spoiling it <laughs> kind of but that scared the fuck out of me and i was with my cousin and we were watching and it's one of those things that when you go to sleep at night you like think about it yeah like you're like bro this shit like this satanic demonic shit is just lurking in the most mundane of places. Yeah. And and what he does really well, I think it's David Ayers. Am I messing that up? Is that the director he, of The Witch and of, All I know is he directed Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's it. Um I think. I don't The first Suicide Squad cuz I know people are like are, are like you know how they did release the Snyder cut? They're mm-hmm. saying release the Ayer cut. Which is the original version of Suicide Squad, I believe. Okay, then I'm messing this up. That's not the director of The Witch. I can't remember the guy's name offhand. Oh, I can um, Google stuff. Hold on. We have a computer in front of us. So while you talk <laughs> Yeah, about let it. me know. Um, but what he does really well is he has really, really good imagery, like the way he sets stuff up. Just from The the Witch, there's so many scenes that are just like burned into my memory. Like there's 
um, when they're in Robert that, Eggers. Robert Eggers. Okay, mm-hmm. so Eggers, not Ayers. Yes, yeah. Robert Eggers. So he's only done The Witch and The Lighthouse so far. Oh, okay, makes sense. Um, but in The Witch, you have like the scene in the attic where like the kid throws up the apple and he's oh, like yeah. screaming. Um, yeah, the and the brother. twins start convulsing like that all that like that's yeah it's, it's not jump scary but it's just he's able to set up a tone where it's just like the longer time goes on the more you're like something is wrong here like something is really i don't know what it is but something is totally off um and then there's like the scene at night where the mom has an illusion that she thinks like the kid comes back but really it's a crow and she's like it's like oh, pecking yeah. at her nipple and yeah there's, yeah, just, yeah there's so much weird stuff that happens but it's a great movie so that's is that three or four? That's um, your three. You let's go, let's do top five then, because yeah, I think you're way better. I said top three because I was scared I wasn't able to do five, <laughs> but I feel like you could. And I'm just kind of just let's just keep going as far yeah. as you want to go. Uh, five is good. Five is okay. good. And I'm just kind of riffing off ones that that I remember. A movie that um, I kind of I think I remember more fondly from when I was a kid is Fight Club. Like I yes. loved Fight Club for a long time. I would say was my favorite movie and is still really good. Um, but just just kind of interesting and like um there are a lot of themes i guess the reason i look back on it i'm a little bit not as thrilled with it is that i feel like it touches on a lot of subjects but it's very like surface level like it's kind of like as like a high school boy you're as a high school boy if you think about it bro like it's just he's not who he is but he also is two people who he's not and we live in a society and we're just gonna blow up the banks and and everyone can be free yeah yeah so it's like anarchy bro hell yeah bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was really appealing to like 15 year old me and, and i think it's still a good like it's a, it's a good piece of film um but it just kind of is it lacking walks so other movies can run <laughs> yeah but like and brad pitt and and everyone is fan edward norton everybody's fantastic yeah. in it helena bonham carter is in that um everybody's great but yeah I'd, i feel like it was perfect for teenage me and it's it's kind of yeah. cooled off since then and then the last one i don't know if i would put this in my list of all-time favorites but i watched it twice recently um the farewell with mm-hmm. Aquafina, um, I, I know who Aquafina is, but I haven't heard that movie. Yeah, and it's in. I don't know. It's on Amazon. I don't know if it was was an Amazon production or what. Mm-hmm. But I watched it by myself, and then I rewatched it last week with my folks. And it's an interesting premise because um, basically she's part of an immigrant family, so a lot of her grandmother and people still live in China, mm-hmm. and her grandma comes down with terminal cancer, and so the family finds out, but they decide not to tell her grandma that she's dying of cancer but everyone else knows but everyone else knows okay and so they all want to go back and visit grandma like before she dies so what they come up with and this isn't a spoiler like this is like the basic plot of the film um is that they she has a cousin who's been dating this girl for like three months so they they start planning a wedding for the cousin and this girlfriend he's known for like a couple months so that they can come back to china and have a big party and have everybody together but it's not really for the wedding. It's it's to see the grandma, right? And I I think I don't know if the wedding is the wedding actually happens. I don't know if it's a fake wedding or if they're just doing it uh-huh. as an excuse. Um, but it's it sounds super sad. It's a really sad plot for a film, but most of it is just like heartwarming, and it's about kind of like you know you're gonna die, but how 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 do you fight through that, and what do you do with the time you have left? Mm-hmm. So uh, would recommend that the farewell. I don't know if it's the like lack of maturity in me or the lack of like <laughs> but i just like some people find like the art and like every time i see a movie that they say it's heartwarming i'm like i'm not watching this shit because <laughs> i know it's gonna make me sad 
It's kind of heartwarming funny. movies are the opposite of heartwarming to me. It's usually some bullshit happening, and it's sad. And at the end, people are content with their sadness, and then they hug each other. And oh, my heart's warm. I'm like, no, yeah. the universe exploded. It's not heartwarming, <laughs> or it's even worse than universe. A universe exploding is actually less sad because it's just so definite and done for everybody. But like those small stories of like a family situation of like. A, I'd rather have the universe explode than a dog die in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, one one of them is kind of a spectacle, and one of them is something that, personal that you can really feel. Yeah, because at a, at a certain point, I'm not going to relate. Like, like have you seen 2001: A Space Odyssey? Mm-mm. I haven't actually. I feel like you that's yeah. up your alley right there. It's on my list. Yeah, but I haven't gotten around to it. It's such a like it's it's just weird. I ha- I took um in college I took a film class that I, I was just doing so I could get easy A, <laughs> which I did get. I would turn in assignments like weeks late and my teacher would just bonk me on the head and be like, Err, and then give me like full <laughs> and points. And still give you a grade. I remember that class. I didn't, it was like a third into the semester. And he was like, he was like, um, feel free to sneeze if you have to. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was holding back a burp. <laughs> <laughs> Doug doesn't know about the lack of etiquette that's already built in on this podcast. That he, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling him he can just do whatever he wants because I'll be farting on this podcast if I need I'm to. I'm trying to like turn away from the microphone. Yeah, he's trying to turn away it. from the yep. mic and be polite. I'm just like, bro, this is a danger knock, bro. That's the, <laughs> that's the point. Just be dangerous. But it was like a third into the semester and my professor is like, don't forget to turn in your um, daily assignment today. I was like, fucking daily assignment? <laughs> How long has this been going on for? It's like been every day. So I see him after class and I'm like, uh, hey, professor, like, so about these daily assignments, like, have they been going on like every day or something? And he just gave me this look. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> He's like, what, what am I going to do with this guy? But the thing is, is that I contributed a lot in the class and I like, talked a lot and engaged with him. So that like he kind of, that's what he valued the most. He didn't really yeah. care about the assignments as much as he did that. So he just gave, basically gave me free assignments. Like, I didn't get penalized for not doing a third of the year's homework. And I don't even think I did the rest of them this after that. This is like that. two months into the semester. I don't think I did the rest of the homework after that. He's like, just do it on your own time and then let me know. And I ended up getting like a 98% in the class. Jeez. I would turn in my papers like two, like a week late. And he would just roll them up and hit me in the head and like, all right, go sit down. I'm like, all right, shit. You got but, what you wanted out of that class. But in that class, we watched... 2001 a space odyssey and um like it's basically the first time i believe because that whole class was like a study on science fiction and film from like the beginning towards like more recent back when it was like black and white so this was kind of like leaning into the 90s i think it came out right i think older than that i want to say 70s but i'm not i haven't seen it i'm gonna guess 1976 but could be wrong i've seen holy shit you're close what is it the release the release date's 1970 bro i'm dumb oh. no wonder i feel i should have failed that class. <laughs> you're like the 90s that's pretty much. 90 that, anything <laughs> anything fucking old is 90s well that makes me feel bad so well i'm 90 i'm I was born in 96 too so <laughs> bro these fucking kids i'll t- like they'll be like yeah i was born in like 2008 um what the fuck does that even mean yeah, anyone that whose even, I birth- can't even comprehend. Anyone whose birthday starts with a twenty, I just like yeah, I can't, I can't don't even understand. compute that. Yep. And let alone like nowadays, kids like we're in, if you're bo- you like I have a cousin who was born in twenty ten. Jeez. 
2010. Yeah. They didn't even make the 2000 cut. God. We're getting old. I don't know. Yeah, that's a fucking... So, struggling back to time depression. Um, <laughs> so is 2001 on the list for you? Or that's just... No, fuck that movie. It was so dumb. Okay. <laughs> it was weird. But I actually, I didn't like it because it was weird. But here's, here's, here's how I believe, like how I think of a lot of things. Sometimes I don't like something, but I need it. I'm happy it exists. Mm-hmm. Because I know it's necessary for the purpose of the world. So 2001 A Space Odyssey was a very iconic movie and a lot of movies these days relate back to it in some fashion, especially science fiction. Like I think Interstellar pulls a lot from that. Interesting. Because it's a lot about like space travel, but like not just like regular space travel. It's like the theoretical destruction of like the f- your physical perception of the world. I just said some bullshit. That sounds crazy, but um, <laughs> I'm following like things start breaking down and reality starts breaking down into into ways of that are reflective of the person perceiving it hmm. right so like anything like if you've ever seen um like people going through wormholes and all the colors are changing and things are i think the first time that ever happened was in 2001 a space odyssey okay where they're going through those things and hella colors and things are melting and the universe is shifting and then you end up in a different plane of existence Right, that's not something I believe was common in movies prior, but now is a very common trope. Down to even comedies, we're like, oh, whoa, 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 we're going into different dimension. Yep. So there's that. There's it. It kind of like talks about like it starts with like the very opening scene is a bunch of monkeys, right? <laughs> and it's not even real monkeys. It's like dudes in monkey suits, <laughs> like jumping around. It's like old school Godzilla. Yeah, literally, and it's kind of creepy. Like, it's weird. And then they, like, they discover tools, right? And then they have, like, the tools. And then they just start, like, I think, beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> and that then, sounds right. And then, like, flash forwards to humanity. And then so it's, like, kind of, like, it's it's giving you, like, a foreshadowing, like, yo, from the dawn of our kind of inception or existence, we're on some dumb shit. Yeah, we discover something new and, and then we immediately And then it. when it fast forwards into the future... How does that relate to whatever happened in the beginning with these months? You know what? I actually might like this movie. Fuck it. I, I you're making it. me like it again. <laughs> no. explaining it. No, I get what you mean. Like, there are movies that are important kind of milestones in film, like The Wizard of Oz. Like, yeah, I don't particularly exactly. love The Wizard of Oz, but, like, color was a thing. Like, that's yeah. an important milestone. And storytelling, um, the way they did it. Yeah. Yeah. So there are movies like that that are so influential. Um, doesn't mean it has to be your favorite. It's just kind of an interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah I can't think of if there's any other, like, off the top of my head, like pivotal movies like that. I think Avatar was a more recent one, just based off graphics. Yeah. Even though the movie itself kind of sucked. Avatar, I remember being kind of the beginning of the 3D craze, which I I feel is over dead. now. Yeah. Yeah. 3D. I isn't really I never thing. liked watching movies in 3D because one, I feel like it gave me a headache. Two, the 3D scenes were never that like oh shit like that was cool, you know and. Then, and what am I on three? And three, <laughs> it was like, it. you watch a movie for like its crispness of quality, right, sometimes? And the quality goes out the window when you're watching a 3D movie. Like, everything's fuzzy and shit, usually. Like, you're not getting a crisp HD image because they're sacrificing that for 3D. Yeah. Well, and I think part of the thing is it's automatically gimmicky because, like, if a movie has any staying power, you're going to end up watching it at home or streaming yeah. it or doing whatever. And it's like... They're... We, 
Mm-hmm. We can't watch, like, I don't watch movies in 3D at home. So it's like, I might see it once in the theater in 3D. And then if you're relying on that to make your movie interesting, then... They're they're relying on novelty yeah. of the scenario. Yeah. But that's why, like, it's the same thing, like, sometimes things evolve and then de-evolve because of necessity. Right? Like, one of the funniest things I realize or, like, I've seen is that, like, in minivans, right? There was a phase where minivans had no TVs. Mm-hmm. And then there was a phase where, like, cool minivans had the little TV that flipped Every down. seat had a screen. Yeah, All the kids or, can watch. Yeah, and then that little, we used to have that Honda Odyssey with a little TV that flipped down. Yeah. You know? And that's like, yo, where's this the fucking future, dog? <laughs> and now, look, there's no fucking TVs in that shit. Because everyone has phones and tablets and stuff. You know, it, it, that devolves. And you go back to a more normal thing. Yeah. Just like, I think, with 3D. Yeah. Like, you don't need it. It was just, what what can we do? So we do it, but then what do we need? So then we don't do it. Yeah. But let me think of my movies. Dark Knight is my top movie for sure. Dark Knight is a really good one. Like. Yeah. I, I feel like that was, I don't know when that came. I feel like that was before Marvel really became a thing. Like, I oh, feel like yeah, Dark yeah. Knight was before Iron yeah, Man. D- Dark Knight came out in 2006 or seven, I believe. Because Iron Man is 08. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of right before that phase of. I feel like Dark Knight was the first superhero movie that people actually took seriously, like stood up and were like, wow, a superhero franchise could yeah. be a real thing. Oh, wait. So it actually neck and neck with Iron Man coming out. Oh, interesting. So that's a big year for superhero movies. Yeah. Considering. And Iron Man. I, I really like Iron Man. Um, uh-huh. It's one of my but, favorites. But I don't think it's on the same level as Dark Knight. No. As, you know? Because a Dark Knight is a superhero movie for, pe- for people who don't care about superhero movies. Yeah. Because it's, it's very grounded. And you know, I could do a whole episode on just that. <laughs> or even just Batman in general. Well, oh, I want to talk about... We're talking about quotes. Yo, check these rings out that I have. I've, I got to these two rings. And I got the insides engraved. I, I and I they're like both Batman-related. Like, either quotes or, like, I guess, like, callbacks or homages. What, the one is don't blink. Yeah, I like that one. Um, and I'm still here. Yeah. So, uh, I'll give. I'm gonna have a whole episode about Batman stuff, but like <laughs> the the I am still here quote on the inside of the silver ring, it's um, it was from a, the comic. Um, I think night. I think it was Nightfall where Batman fights Bane and Bane breaks his back and shit, which happens in the Dark Knight Rises, which yeah. I watched this morning. <laughs> again um and so basically bane breaks batman's back and blah 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 and batman kind of fully recovers and fights bane again oh see doug you can freely burp on this <laughs> yeah. podcast the next one I'll... yeah um and so batman's fully recovered and it's kind of like like what is it called when you like make like a resurgence or like you come back like a comeback story or something yeah, I don't know. Sorry, well, ah, whatever. <laughs> so like Batman returns and Bane's giving that whole like, e- like that evil villain speech where it's like, "This is your end, Batman. This is where you die." Whatever, blah blah blah. And Batman basically was like, "Yo, just shut the fuck up." Like you, like you know how many times I've heard like people say like, "This is my end. This is where I fail," and then he's like, "Yet yeah, I'm still here," right? And then that yeah. really like resonated with me because like a lot of like the BS that happens in your life. Like, if you take it from the perspective of, like, you're the hero in your story and you're still here to keep fighting, that, like, 
if that didn't stop you, then you shouldn't let anything else coming stop you because you're still here. Yeah, and that's 100%. why on the top is engraved my birthday in Roman numerals. Mm. It's kind of hard to see, but yeah, I feel like that's a good combination of things like birthday plus I'm still here. And then the other ring was, it says don't blink on the inside. And that's a callback to when Batman was fighting uh, basically another Batman from an alternate universe. And his name was Owl Man. <laughs> it was kind of, it's like funny, but kind of like, I don't know. It's, All that I'm stuff happy. is kind of goofy. It's goofy, yeah. but yeah. So he's fighting this Owl Man who's basically a way better version of him. He's basically still Bruce Wayne. So Owl Man is, is an example of Bruce Wayne seeing his parents die, but instead of using it as an act of like trying to save humanity and to have that not happen again, he basically becomes very like he becomes like a nihilist. Like oh. nothing matters. Like everyone's evil. Like at the core, humans are evil and men are evil. So he becomes evil, right? So it's hmm. a Batman that kind of takes what had happened to him, but goes an evil route, like a a villain origin story, as opposed to kind of perceiving it in a heroic sense. To like this is my call to be a hero, and so they're fighting, and. Owlman's beating the shit out of Batman because he's like he has better tech and everything. He's stronger, and the whole time he's beating up Batman, he's like, he's like telling him and he's like rubbing it in. He's like, "You and I are the same. Like you and I, you think we're different, but we're not. We're the same. Like you're just as evil, or you're just as what you think is bad because you're a man, and there's no such thing as like a good man, right? And then eventually Batman like gains the upper hand and kind of like is about to like kick him into another universe or whatever. <laughs> and before he said that, he's like, Batman tells Owlman, he's like, there is a difference between you and me. We both looked into the abyss, but when it looked back at you, you blinked. Right? And I was, I, the first time I, and this wasn't an animated movie. So the first time I heard that, I was like, I paused it. I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, bro, holy shit. I rewinded it. I kept playing it like that. I don't know why, but that, that quote just like it really just like hit me really hard because it's basically a thing that you can apply to life like a lot of people can have the same perception or same situation happen to them but your perception dictates who you become in that in the end yeah like your reaction to it and your steadfastness in your beliefs and your firmness in your kind of morals and qualities that no matter what happens to you, you stick with it. So when Batman tells Owlman that he looked into the abyss, right? He looked into darkness. And I think it's a reference to another quote where like, I think it's an old quote. I forgot some philosopher said, like when you look into the abyss, it's also looking back at you. That sounds right. And Batman saying that Owlman blinked when the abyss looked back to him, which essentially is saying that he succumbed and he succumbed to the darkness that it gave but batman held his own and no matter how much darkness came to him he's like nah gee i'm still <laughs> on this nice boy shit and i'm like and that kind of resonated with me because in middle school like I, I got bullied and stuff but i took that as an opportunity to like kind of hone my craft and like being like fun creative and witty to kind of flip the script on them and to make sure that like i don't become like them but i know plenty of people who are bullies and they were bullies because other people bullied them or or other bad shit was happening in their life. Right. And then I think of that like they blinked. Right? 
they the abyss looked at them and they blinked because they succumbed and they became evil and i would rather not blink so that's why my inside of this one ring says don't blink yeah so that's so i think i will put that as an honorary mention for favorite movie if you're ever curious (laughs) about that it's called um justice league i think crisis on infinite earths or two earths crisis on two earths and it's basically like good justice league fighting evil justice league Hmm. so evil superman evil wonder woman all that the rest of the movie was all right but that one scene was so sick i I was like i'm gonna get this tattoo cool i was like i'm gonna get this tattooed on my body (laughs) (laughs) but i think my favorite movie is the dark knight Mm. has to be um i originally had my second favorite movie as inception inception is good but i haven't seen it in a while and then part of me is like feeling like kind of how you feel about fight club like did i just like it because like i was young and i'm like whoa but i, I think it did have a lot of i need to watch it again i rewatched it recently and i don't remember if i watched it with somebody um I think I rewatched it with my friend Aaron and we were going through kind of like the fan theories about like, you know, I guess spoilers again because yeah. Inception's been out for a long time. But like, you know, what does the top mean and like it which world is the real world? I think it's really I think it's really well done. And honestly, oh, you know what I did? I rewatched Inception last summer before I saw Tenant. Oh. That was why. Right. So I, I rewatched it with my friend Mark and I think it holds up and I think if anything, it's not that Tenant was bad, but I think I'm, I hold those type of movies to the bar set by Inception, and, and I don't think Tenant is as good as Inception. A higher, I think, plot standpoint, because Tenant visually was absurdly amazing. It's yeah. It was just and and the thing is with Tenant, it's actually a, it's a good thing that you brought that up because I was I wanted to talk about that. Like a lot of people like shitted on Tenant, but I I put Tenant as a place that. It may necessarily not necessarily be one of my favorite movies, but I think it's one of those things that I'm happy that it exists. Yeah. Because not everything has to fit within your comfort zone of understanding, I believe. The fact that Christopher Nolan pushes boundaries, when you're pushing a boundary, you're bound to have people like be like, oh, I don't get it, you know? And you're bound to have people saying that the amount of effort it takes to understand does not equate to the enjoyment of the movie, which is fine. That's their opinion. But that doesn't mean that that boundary shouldn't be pushed. And that doesn't mean that it should kind of negate the skill that Nolan has in even conceptualizing such a complex topic like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think part of... I think Tenant is great, but it's very much, I think, Nolan kind of... Showing off. Pushing... Well, not showing off. I was going <laughs> to put it in a nice way. Like, pushing the boundaries of the craft. Like, we know from a technical standpoint, uh-huh. shooting all that stuff backwards is, like, crazy hard Unreal. to do. And only someone like Nolan who has unlimited budgets can pull it off. So it's... I can see him going into it being like, I've made a bunch of movies. I've been super successful. I just want to do something that, like, I think is interesting and kind yeah. of... And that's the... That's the... That's what art is about. Yeah. It's not yeah. about, like, oh, like... Yeah, there's box office numbers you need to hit, right? But also 2020 didn't help with the box yeah, office numbers at all. But like you need that. You need people pushing mm-hmm. those creative boundaries to see where we can go even in concept in like concept, you know? That's how you come up with the next 2001 or that's how you yeah. come up with the next Wizard of Oz like literally there was a short movie coming out that was just basically Tenet and yeah. people doing backwards fighting scenes. I'm like, yeah. 
you you can already see it's like imprinting itself yeah i i think what inception does better than tenet though too is that there's a very like human story at the core of it because a lot of it is about the main guy's name i don't remember a dom uh yeah it's about dom and like him grieving for his lost wife and she keeps coming up in his subconscious and there's the train and there's all this stuff so it's a very like yes it's complicated and there's weird time perception stuff going on but it's still a very human story and i felt like maybe tenant lacked that like i didn't really know as much about the protagonist and tenant as i did dominant inception that's another big thing that i had like i do i do actually really like john david washington or john david washington that's the name right or Mm, something close. jdw yeah that's john david that sounds right that's john david yeah that's him okay just there you sure. go it's denzel washington's son really yeah and i think it's not that he didn't do a good job i think the script didn't allow for him which i think was purposeful because he's trying i think it was trying to make it so he is more a plot mover yeah than a character that you care about innately because you don't even know his name his name is protagonist yeah <laughs> i thought it was tenant but the tenant no, is like yeah. the word tenant is like use. the word they, they use yeah you have more of an emotional attachment to the mother and i think that's it because you don't really care about anybody else yeah and i think that's and even conscious... then the mother you didn't even hear about till later her situation yeah and i think it's a conscious decision i I think it's part of the reason why it's a weaker movie than Inception. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was just saying, I would. I think Inception holds up from having. I need to watch it, it again. It's good because Inception is like I'm a very like. I like I like the critical thinking. I like when I finish a movie and you go straight to Google, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And you're like, if a movie makes me go straight to Google and it's not on some dumb shit, then I can, I give it I give it a <laughs> thumbs up. For me, it's immediately like YouTube analysis. Like, where, yeah. where are the deep dives of this on YouTube that yeah. I can watch? And like, and that's the beautiful thing of The Dark Knight, where the social commentary. God, I sound like a, I sound like a hipster, but like, no, um, we live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> that's literally okay. That's a good segue because that's literally what the Joker said in Justice League. Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, he's like, we live in a society, Batman. <laughs> I'm like, all right, just fucking go back to Wicker, Har- Wicker Park, bitch. Yeah. Um, but like I said, like the Dark Knight just is a very human movie. Yes. Like all like gadgets and cool things aside, it's it's a basically a blink and don't blink situation. Yeah. Like Joker was like, ah, oh, fuck it, the world's crazy. I'll I will. Joker has looked into the abyss and then dove into the abyss. And went balls deep. Yeah. And that's really his entire premise at the end. Like, there's the two um, there's the two boats, um, fairies or whatever. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. like, he's assuming that everyone is going to look out for themselves first and that people are kind of inherently bad. Like you said, like, owl, owl man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then at the end, they don't do it. And his plan is foiled not by Batman, but by, like, people. Yeah. So And even Batman's rubbing it in. He's like, I told you. Yeah. With this raspy voice. Yeah. <laughs> And The Dark Knight is an amazing film, but then it almost even reaches cult status because, like, you know, what happens with Ledger is super unfortunate. But, like, that being his, I think, last film, one of... I think he may have recorded a film that kind of released later, like he had scenes, but this was his last kind of released film before he passed. 
Yeah, and I and I think the role probably that most people will remember him for. It's um, iconic, legendary. Yeah, so I think that I think that movie reaches cult status off of a variety of things. Yeah, and that's something that I feel like you need Batman to be a conduit for a story like that, because and for, and to reach legendary status in that manner, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I put it. Like I'm obviously biased because I'm a huge like comic book fan and even more Batman <laughs> fan. That's fine. But like, the the popularity of Batman as a character, right, is a good Trojan horse to tell the story, right? Because it allows for people to come for Batman and leave with existential thoughts about humanity, as opposed to like Inception, where you're going in ex- like you you don't have a background in these characters, right? You're right. coming in because you heard the hype about its story, but this one like it's kind of like. It doesn't trick you, but it gives you more than what you would expect, especially at the time, from a quote-unquote superhero movie. Yeah, and I feel like, harkening back to the comic books, like I think that was always the thing of like, how do we tell a story that's like ultimately kind of comes down to good versus evil? Uh-huh. Like the superheroes are very like more; they're supposed to be moral characters. Yeah. Um, and so I do like that about the movie. Yeah, and especially like when, like even Batman, was, kind of talking to Alfred about the Joker's kind of motives, right? Like, Bruce Wayne couldn't really comprehend the idea of someone just doing it for the fuck of it, right? <laughs> and then Alfred goes on his story saying that, like, some men just want to watch the world burn, Yep. you know? And that's a true dichotomy. Some men are willing to do anything to prevent the world from burning, while the other guy is just doing it for the fun of it, without even motive. That's why he even burned all his money, because he's yeah. like, to the mobsters, like, you're doing, you still have a plan, you're still doing things with like a goal and strategy and the anarchist that joker is like everything all that is out the window because it's all like a setup for failure like planning and like whatever and that's why he likes harvey dent and when harvey dent flips the coin he's like now no like that's what i like like he's like that really like is like unbiased chaos like, mm-hmm. it affects everybody equally. And so whatever had happened to Joker, right, has scarred him into believing that... Everybody is bad. Not only is everybody bad, but if you make it so that the universe doesn't have a plan, you feel less bad about the shitty shit that happened to you <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Because it's just random. Because it's random, and I am not as important, and therefore no one else around me is important, and that's why they should all like just kind of crumble and he wants to prove that to batman which is a very it's like it's very similar to owl man except for owl man is more stoic and like very plain and bland and joker is more eccentric about it and a lot of jokers have different like from whether it's comics or even actors playing portraying have different kind of like motives so even in um this recent comic book series that just came out called the three jokers right it's like mm-hmm. a story about like there's not just one Joker, there's three of them, and it's they're like one is the clown, the criminal, and the comedian, <laughs> right? And I guess like you can co- kind of the criminal, I guess the comedian and clown, you can equate to like um, the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker mm-hmm. as the comedian, I guess, and the Heath Ledger Joker as the clown but that's a whole fucking another topic 
we can have a whole episode on that. Yeah. But that's a good segue into what we were originally going to talk about. Yes. Was the uh, me uh, Doug and I watched the Justice the new Zack Snyder Justice League movie that that came out on HBO Max that was four hours long. Yep. So we had a watch party for it, and um, we're just like. Honestly, I thought we were going to talk about that at the beginning. But it's probably been an hour. <laughs> okay, got, um, on a, got on a segue. Movies in general. Yeah. It's on theme. I think that it was a phenomenal movie, but it's just very depressing that it just came this late in the game and compared to the first one. So yeah. I don't know. What did you think about it? Overall, I liked it. I expected to... Um... I expected to like it because I had seen the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman uh-huh. and then the director's cut, which is significantly longer. Uh-huh. And the director's cut is way better. I like, tried to, I started director's cut, but I haven't finished it. But I haven't noticed much difference. Maybe it's more than there. There are some differences. I think there are just things in the theatrical cut that kind of didn't make sense or weren't fleshed mm-hmm. out. Not nearly to the extent of the, the Snyder cut, because the whole story, kind of the lore behind Justice League, I think is the most interesting part. But I did really like the Snyder Cut. Um, I think, I guess, w- we just have to go full spoilers, right? It's just, yeah, full yeah, spoilers. This has been thing. out for a while. Yeah. Um, the stuff that I didn't like as much was the stuff that felt like it could have been just shoehorned in. Like the yeah. Martian Manhunter stuff. The end scene for me like, kind of yeah. didn't really do it. But maybe a lot of that was just disappointment because like, you get to see a glimpse of what the universe could have been what the Snyderverse would have been. Yeah. And like, it it seems like it would have been cool. And so now for them to kind of like set it up after we know it's not going to be a thing is just kind of disappointing. It's a damper. Overall. Yeah. It's, it's like, a, like a bittersweet that you got it, but you can't have it. Mm-hmm. Like you have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Like um, when we see the, the apocalypse scene at the end, it's like, I want to know how, like why is Deathstroke there and what's going yeah. on with all this stuff? Like, um, and but where we'll will never... it lead? Because they were the the goal of that was was the Deathstroke introduction would lead into a Ben Affleck Batman solo film, hmm. where that would be his primary bad guy, because now that he knows he's Bruce Wayne and all that. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I think that Zack Snyder. I might. I, I was even thinking about making a YouTube video about this, hmm. but I think that Zack Snyder single handedly lifted and destroyed his own movie and maybe not on purpose but he gave out so many leaks a lot (laughs) of it was when he didn't know he was going to be able to release it so he wanted to leak it just so people can like what could have been but then even after they announced that they were going to release it he was leaking so much shit that nothing in the movie then was a surprise Hmm. there was nothing in the movie that we hadn't seen almost all of the dark side imagery we have seen from yeah. images the joker images we had seen martian manhunter we had seen he basically explained that martha wayne i mean martha what the fuck martha kent oh yeah <laughs> was martian manhunter because the red eyes showed that in the trailer oh. I, that's why I, ref- I tried to avoid all, uh, the trailer like at all co- like cost yeah i didn't follow it as, as closely when it was coming out um we did see a lot of the dark side stuff I overall I thought it I thought it was better just in the way that it fleshed out the characters, which is kind of goes back to what we said about Inception. Like characters are the heart of the movie, and it was funny to see the contrast between like uh, my my complaint about the theatrical cut was like, and a lot of people I'm sure felt this way is that like 
Cyborg had nothing to do and That's it wasn't really the important. The Flash thing, yeah. had nothing to do. And so it felt like you were rushing to include these new characters that ultimately added nothing. None of that shit made sense. Yeah. In the theatrical cut. It right. was just jumping from scene to scene like it, it almost like it's like you know like in Star Wars when they have that PowerPoint slide? Like, <laughs> just the wipe. Like, yeah, it's and like, then... okay, now we're in random place talking to a random ocean guy for a random reason. Yep. He has random stipulations. And then you go and then they show a the heart, like a lot of people are saying this, the heart and soul of the film was Cyborg. And yeah. in the theatrical cut, he was literally, his origin story was kind of refined to just a YouTube video on a computer screen, flashbacking to him being like just a floating head and putting robot parts. He was I, nothing more than that to the team. Yeah, I can't remember. In the theatrical cut, does his dad also die? No. Does, no. No. What is his dad doing in the theatrical Fucking cut? fuck if I know. <laughs> his dad is there to make him feel bad about... To make... To to provide as a outlet for Cyborg to express his anguish. Right? Because there's no other character... If the dad wasn't there, there's no other character for him to yell about and like cry about too. Yeah. So that's the, the dad's role in, in the theatrical cut. In the Joss Whedon version was... <laughs> The to, jou- just, to just justice league. to just justice. justice league yeah is to just stand there and to absorb the brunt of cyborg's pain and that's it yeah and in the movie there's like it's so we almost like i can't even remember half the shit that happened but like <laughs> it was able to flesh out the story between him and his dad and like lead to a real like heart-wrenching but like impactful conclusion yeah. Right? To that kind of story. And if it wasn't the whole, like, connection, like, Cyborg is a little connection between these people on Earth and Darkseid doing, like, fuckery. Because he's the one who can control these, like, boom tubes and blah, 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 and has, like, the mother box embedded in him, which is basically the, like, AI that they use to, like, take over worlds and stuff. But it's just sad that. I, when I was watching it, I didn't feel like, like, I enjoyed it. But, like, when I was watching, like, when I watched The Avengers, right? In mm-hmm. a movie theater. And some fucking shit happens. I'm, like, getting up on my seat. I'm, like, yo, like, fucking, that's fucking gang shit right there, Iron Man. <laughs> like, like, yeah. and I'm, like, yelling. I'm, like, yo, fuck him up, fuck him up. Right? Yeah. And in the, in the, in the new Justice League, I was just, like, like, I was, like, feeling that. But I had seen so many of these scenes already from the sneak peeks that I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah woo. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and then don't even get me started. Okay, with Martian Manhunter. I, and one thing about, I hate Martian Manhunter. As, as a as, character. As a character, I hate him. And I'm going to make a YouTube video about, like, my top five most hated characters. And I'm spoiling it for you right now. This is like a little like kind of cool. You can get a sneak peek right now, but <laughs> Mar- I hate Martian Manhunter the most because he is the mo- he's he's a hyper super powered like creature, right? Like he's just he's almost basically just as physically powerful, physically fast and strong as Superman, right? Okay. As well as having the ability to shape shift into anything that he wants to be i guess human or creature he can turn into like like mythological beings if he wanted to Hmm. and then he has the ability to become intangible 
So basically, like, if you watch, like, the Avengers, like, how shit can go through the vision. Yeah. And, like, he became, like, like nothing can touch him. Like, things go through him. And invisible. He can become intangible and invisible. And he can also read minds of anybody on the planet, no matter where he's from, like, Professor X. So, like, he could read the mind and then also now that control the mind of another person. Wow. And then all of this to say... He's just not doing shit. He just took a fucking backseat to when everything's fucking falling to shit. And he's just like watching, eating popcorn. Yeah, just hanging out. And that's a fucking... Something that even happens in both animated series and like I think even some comics. But he just doesn't be doing shit. And like, first of all, you're overpowered. So even if you did shit, I still wouldn't like you. But on top of that, you're not doing shit? You're manning the computers, you fucking bitch? <laughs> I hate you. Like, yeah. you're such a stupid idiot. But, like, his he's, like, the moral of the team. You know, like, he provides morality and wise thoughts. I'm like, okay, then you don't need the, all that power to do that. Yeah. Just be a cool guy. Just be a guy who can shapeshift or something. That's it. <laughs> you don't have to have all that power, especially if you're not going to use it. Yeah, so. I, I didn't know he was overpowered because we didn't see him do anything. But I feel like it was just an afterthought of like, okay, well, we're going to re-release this movie and yeah. we're never going to do another one. So might as well just throw it in there. Like yeah. pay somebody for CGI. And I heard that that last scene where Martian Manhunter comes down and talks to Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. that was supposed to be Green Lantern doing that. Oh, really? But, but Warner Brothers, the studios that owns this whole thing and kind of fucked over Zack Snyder with this whole situation are planning on releasing a Green Lantern kind of like series. Really? So they didn't want him to like just fuck shit up. And I'm like, so what, but what's the point? You already kind of made the, the statement that this is lives in its own universe and is never going to continue. It's just going to die here. So why do you care if he'll put him in or not? So he had to reshoot that scene because in that scene, there was like green glow going on Ben Affleck. Oh. You know, but you can't do that again because much Manhunter is not fucking glowing. <laughs> so they just yeah. did a whole different scene like that. But huh. I hate him. But I think that this new movie was. It's it's. I want to say. I wouldn't say that it's a masterpiece, but I wouldn't disagree with you if you said it was. That's what I would say. It's it's pretty solid. And overall, I really enjoyed it. It's hard to look at um it's hard to look at in its own right because like there's so much context leading up to that movie and we all mm-hmm. saw the original Justice League so it's hard to like judge it in a vacuum. I think when you were comparing it to like the reaction you have like how hyped do you get about an Avengers movie? I think there's two things. For one, I think Marvel is a lot better at getting us invested in the characters uh-huh. like we've known these characters for years and not spoiling it. Right. And and so you've built up kind of that relationship. But the other thing is that um, that this was almost more of like a a study in filmmaking and almost like a study in what went wrong because like part of what was most exciting for me watching the Snyder Cut was just like, ooh, this wasn't... We were even talking about it. Like, this wasn't in the first one or like, oh, yeah. this is different. Like, we were comparing, so it wasn't like, even well, like we're looking at... this makes sense now. Yeah, finally. like, oh, they added that or they changed that. Yeah. So it wasn't like looking at it as a movie in a vacuum. It was like looking at this compared to yeah. the theatrical cut. And so the whole time you're comparing in your head and not watching the film and being immersed. Yeah, yeah. My thing right. about a movie is a lot of what I kind of... 
I like to just be immersed. Whether it's a shitty movie or not, just let me escape reality for a little bit. The <laughs> yeah. more a movie takes me out of that is the more I dislike it. Because the, like, and sometimes that happens when things don't make sense. And I'm like, man, you know, that's one of the reasons why I hated, where I disliked Iron Man 2 so much. Because Iron Man 2, Whiplash, bro, give me a fucking gun and I'll kill him. <laughs> he has range only. He has limited range. In that first in that first scene where he encounters Iron Man and they're on the race course. Yep. And Iron Man has a suit. Just take a step back and hit him with tank missiles. <laughs> but no, like... get grabbed. Get grabbed by this dumbass. Yeah. And he had that's the one where Iron Man has like his his suit is a briefcase. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, a briefcase yeah. that transforms into a suit. I I remember very little about Iron Man too, so I need the to good. watch it. You I shouldn't. like I think Mickey Rourke is pretty good in it, but He's um, randomly Russian. Randomly Russian. Yeah, it's just it's it's weird how that played out. I like that Justin Hammer though in that movie. He was like the guy who tried to make evil suits. Yeah. But, there was just a lot going on, like multiple bad guys and stuff and they were still figuring shit out yeah. then. I'm not a big fan of multiple bad guy situations. Mm-mm. It makes me not... It's just like... the Infinity War did it good, though. Because yeah. Infinity War had like the minions that served big issues. Because Thanos comes at the end and does big daddy stuff and was like, yo, now you're in for some real shit. But the whole time, each of those like Avengers subgroups were dealing with their own... like, Like... The what I forgot what is it called his group, I know like their individual names like mm, one of them is the Prox- children of Thanos. Yeah, Proxima Midnight is the girl one. Yep, Ebony Ma. Ebony Ma is that Squidward. They're all they're all some play on the word the black because there's like Obsidian. Oh um, yeah yeah. Ebony Obsidian some, some... Midnight. Oh shit. Yeah. I never realized. Yeah that. yeah they're all played they're fuck. all all like I didn't black. oh my god um wow. I don't know all of them but yeah. Proxima Midnight, Ebony Maw, Obsidian, something. Yeah. I want to say Obsidian Callus, but I'm probably wrong. And then I don't remember. I don't remember what the fourth one is. Um, but no, they do it well, and it's not even like multiple bad Black guys. Black Order. What? They're called the Black Order. Oh, the Black Order. So Corvus Glaive. Oh, Corvus. Okay. Uh, Proxima Midnight, Black Dwarf, Ebony Maw, and then I think Corvus Glaive is the big guy. And I think Corvus is like Latin for black or something because Corvus is the um, yeah scientific name for like crows. Or... That's so. I'll tell you something off the <laughs> podcast, but that I'm telling you that. Hey guys, that's foreshadowing for something I'm working on. Okay, <laughs> all right. Top secret it's top secret right now, but that's foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, so I think like honestly, like I thought we were gonna go more in depth with the Justice League thing, but. When you think about it, it's a movie that really doesn't have as much depth as you may think it might have. But it's a good story. Yeah. And there were things there were things that I enjoyed like looking back on it. For one, I really like Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that like he, he showed actually up showed longer. up in that. Um I thought some of so another criticism is that it it felt like it was a little bit stretched out just in the fact that he was like, Well, fuck it, it's gonna go to streaming and I have oh, this footage, so motion. I might as well use it. 
And some of that was okay, but I'm thinking of like the scene where Aquaman leaves a little village and there's like the girls singing, which is really eerie and kind of cool. Uh-huh. But it goes on for like a full three minutes. Like it's an entire song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and she life. just like walks in the water and picks up the clothes and is like smelling it. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that long. Yeah. Um, but I also, I liked that everything they changed with the final battle where pretty much the three people we know superman wonder woman batman are just like beating people up like that's their job yeah and then the other two have the important shit to do they're plot pushers yeah and batman is more plot follower and organized team yeah team building he's really like i'm just gonna make them shoot at me he's really a recruiter yeah he is the recruiter so no so there were things that i liked i i just um it's hard to look at it in a vacuum because yeah because there's so much going on and um i i think you're right i didn't really get to get into it at that point because of um like knowing what is and isn't in the theatrical cut and it's also kind of an insight into just a lot of the things that go wrong in hollywood with like producers interfering and bringing another director and oh we have to cut things down for time and all these other disputes that like shouldn't play into making a movie but end up being a part of it because Hollywood is a business. And it's a lot, like, from the story of this whole situation, it's a lot more vile than even that. Like, it's yeah. it's it's a lot more, like, um, and this is not an idea I came up with myself. If you're curious about where I came up with this kind of realization is from the Variant podcast from Tim Connolly and Eris Quinones. But they mentioned a lot how it was, like, a lot of ego in these Warner Studios that they took advantage of kind of sabotaging their own film and sp- to spite Zack Snyder and the control he wanted over it. Hmm. So they're willing to just do a suicide bomb of a movie in, to spite him because that movie made no fucking sense that they put out. And, and they, 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 there's no way they didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And Joss Whedon is the guy who created the Avengers movie. So I'm thinking of some fucking espionage and he just purposely imploded that bitch to make dc look bad well and i think there's just a lot to be said for like at the end of the day movie making is an art and i think there's a lot to be said we were kind of talking about this with nolan like it is a particular person's vision and they should be able to execute that vision from beginning to end and so when people over metal or like rely too much on market research or Uh test screenings or go back and do reshoots like that's always a bad sign because i think we saw something similar with the first Suicide Squad. squad. Now yeah. I say the first because the second one is yeah, coming, coming out, out soon. Yeah. Um, but that one, I think, was also reshot to hell and ended up being kind of a mess. Yeah, and I saw that first Suicide Squad movie for the first time like a few weeks ago. Oh, really? And honestly, I didn't think it was that bad because it, it, it fulfilled the one thing that I need. The top priority hmm. was to immerse me and to just let me just fucking go along with the ride but the saving grace of that movie was i think will smith as deadshot yeah will i smith think he did him. a phenomenal job and harley quinn and margot robbie yeah because i also saw the birds of prey movie i haven't seen and that, that movie fucking sucked but margot robbie as harley quinn is just perfect amazing hmm. she does she such a play like plays such a perfect role but if you're talking about movies that don't fucking make sense that birds of prey movie did not make any fucking sense I forgot that existed. I watched it and I forget that it exists. <laughs> yeah. And they could have, I don't know, they ruined, I think, 
the idea of that cool like team up squad of like kind of women like either villain or anti-heroes and they made so cassandra kane is in that movie and cassandra kane is like one of like part of like the bat family of characters and she's like a younger girl and um she becomes batwoman for a brief period but ultimately ultimately takes the name of um orphan but she is so sick if you know like kind of like taskmaster mm-hmm. how like he like reads people and kind of like can she can do that and in a sense like without any like superpowers like she they say like she reads like people's body language like like how people read books hmm. like that's how much she can be in tune and know exactly what to do with you when fighting and she's like such an extremely skilled fighter like she will fuck up batman too wow you know and like like top ranked like trained by the people who train batman all that and in the movie she was some little girl who was just like acting like a like a, a doofus and like running around and just like stole a diamond and swallowed it and now they have to keep her because she has to like poop it out or something <laughs> i'm like bro what this is the Cassandra. You could have just not even made it Cassandra Kane. Right. You could have just made anybody. it somebody else. Yeah. But then it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like taking Batman and then just making him an angsty teen who has like a, a blow dart. Yeah. And you just turn them into the MacGuffin of the movie. Yeah. So I don't know. DC is just really kind of just fucking up. And I think they're going to use this new Flash movie to kind of restart everything. I hope so. But I think yeah. the flash the flash stuff is interesting. Yeah. And and going back to Justice League, we still didn't get really much of, of his backstory or like his motivation. Like they didn't you can only touch on so much even in a four hour yeah. film. But we didn't even really get any of that. He's just like, Oh, his dad's in prison. Yeah. I guess. And he wants and, to do it just because he wants to do it. I don't know. Yeah. I I really I did really enjoy the hot dog scene though with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the girl in the car crash. That was really good. That's supposed um, to be Iris West, actually. So that's going to be the person who he ends up, like, I guess, marrying. Oh, there you go. And so, yeah, that was like a foreshadowing, which who knows if that even happens. That's but this new Flash movie just started filming, I think, like last week. Is it Ezra Miller? It's Ezra Miller, and Ben Affleck is going to be in it, too, as Batman. Really? And, I thought he was done. And what's his face? Fuck. Uh, who is the guy who also plays Vulture in Spider-Man? And he was old Batman. Ooh. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. He's in it too. Wow. So he's going to be, I think, in alternate old man Batman or something. Interesting. With a new Batman. But I don't know because they don't. Oh, man. Oh, so this is. It's an like in... a time stream kind of movie. You thing. can do weird time stuff and you can introduce somebody. And you can explain why it's no longer. Canon or whatever. Or why it's no longer Affleck as Batman. Like they'll phase him out through this movie or something. Yeah, that's interesting. And. I, and Supergirl is apparently in this movie. Like, hmm. she's been cast. They Like, we know the actress who's going to be it. So how she plays into that is a whole monkey wrench. So where the fuck did she come from out of nowhere? <laughs> right? It's a lot of moving parts again. So, and this is just DC's whole mess. Like, Marvel is just so fucking consolidated and planned and organized and streamlined. Yeah. And DC's like, oh, let's throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. And trying to do too much in too few movies, too. And in a bad way each time. The thing that Marvel continues to do well is that, like, they just do a lot more stuff. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just Disney money that allows you to do this. Yeah. But, like, they slowly built up to the Avengers. And now that they've done that and kind of let Infinity War and um, Endgame play its course, 
they've dialed back to just doing TV we show. have yeah we'd have like a black widow movie which yeah. is coming out soon i guess yeah um you have wandavision like yeah they're able to just dial it like imagine if dc was like just like this is the flash and the, the dc shows like on the cw have you seen those i haven't they're so ass like well yeah <laughs> they're like unbelievably ass this new superman lois movie apparently is like kind of good because like i think budget got bigger but like i like green arrow is my number five favorite superhero right he's he's like he's he barely makes it into my top five (laughs) but he's one of my favorite superheroes of all time and i refuse to watch that arrow show because it's so fucking bad and it's maybe not that bad in the sense but like it's not green arrow and i hate to be that oh i'm a comic purist but, like, Green Arrow is supposed to be, like, a fun character who's, like, like witty and, like, maybe not maybe quirky is the wrong word, but, maybe like, lighthearted and funny and, like, he's, like, the kind of the opposite of Batman. Okay. And he, he, Batman's, like, the stoic and he kind of, like, lightens him up. Right. You know, but in the show... Like a character foil. Yeah, exactly. And in the show, he's Batman, essentially. Like, he plays a role of, like, stoic, serious. He just very... And Stephen Amell's, like, always looks like he just came from, like, a big day at the gym. And, like, his, like, he's sore. And he does he's not very fluid. He just, like, kind of, like, moves his whole shoulders to move his... Like, turn his head. Yeah. And, like, very stoic face all the time. Not much emotion. Random characters coming in just dying and reliving. Like... Reliving. It's just... <laughs> I don't fucking know. And then I watched The Flash because it's... It's more just straight lighthearted, so I just it's it's easier for me to just be immersed, and just, but yeah. it's still dumb. I feel like that's the other big mistake that DC made, and a lot of people will point this out. But like, they made the choice that they wanted to be like darker and more serious, and it's like that doesn't always work. And if you're gonna do it, do it smart because DC comics, like even Marvel has dark storylines too. Like people think it's all like fucking fine and dandy. And meanwhile, like, they have some, like, effed up stuff. But if you're going to do dark stuff, like, lean into it. Don't try to do dark stuff and then have funny jokes like you're an Avengers movie. Yeah. Like, what they try to do with, like, Justice League. Like, because if you think about it, right, like, that Joker movie was, I think, really, really good. It was super dark. It wasn't even a superhero movie or whatever, right? And same thing with, like, I mean, I wouldn't even like the batman uh nolan series trilogy Mm -hmm. like it was dark but not like a lot of it was based in hope and kind of like kind of perseverance yeah it wasn't it wasn't like beating you over the head with it yeah yeah so i I feel like the first time we really got into that was batman v superman where it's like oh it was so tough and it was so gritty your mom shares names my mom so like it doesn't matter anymore so okay do you bleed God. Oh, don't even! Are you yeah. you fucking made me remind you reminded me of something. <laughs> oh my god! My biggest hatred for the Justice League movies, and I and this is where Zack Snyder also gets to blame. I think, but the Batman vs Superman, the fucking Lex Luthor. Mm. What the fuck is that? It's Jesse Eisenberg, I and know. apparently it's supposed to be Lex Luthor's son, so he's like Lex Junior. Do they ever talk about that? Yeah, very barely. Oh. He's like, this was my dad's this, and this was my dad. I'm inheriting my dad's company. But so it's, 
what if we don't want to see Lex Jr.? We want to see the Lex. actual left. Because Lex the purpose of so what Lex Luthor his base characteristics is that he's like a larger than life individual. Yeah. He's very confident and very like bold and very intelligent. This one it was intelligent but weird. But he's very like confident is the biggest word that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of in speech in stature, in composure, to go against like Superman and to stand with it, like your chest high saying, like, I'm a human, but I can fuck with you, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, this Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, um, people online were calling him Lutherberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, he couldn't even do a public speech. Yeah, He was like fumbling his words and like, well, the darkness will come from the skies, and then I just okay. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah, he's like a. He was uh, acting like the Riddler. He's like some kind of a conspiracy theorist, or like a yeah, and a paranoid was, dude that lives in his basement. And maybe that will work for another villain. Like if I was like a Riddler personality, like he was giving, he was literally giving them riddles, like, 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 like demons that fall from like, like the demons don't come from hell below; they come from like above, yeah. and all these weird kind of things. Yeah. Like, um, the real exclusive would be like, I hate you, Superman. I'm building a suit to kill you, Superman. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, but a, a movie where I, I thought the conspiracy theorist character worked a little better was Godzilla vs. Kong. Good segue, <laughs> Doug. God, because yeah. I was thinking that's, in my brain, how am I segueing this into Godzilla vs. Kong? <laughs> Let me you. get it back on podcast. Yeah, okay, got thank I'm you. the this, captain this why now. You're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, what do you think about that and the MonsterVerse in general? Um, well, to, since I segued with that, I just enjoy that character. I forget that actor's name, but I um, first thing I saw him in was Atlanta. I don't know if you watch oh, Atlanta I, with them. Um, I've been meaning to see that, yeah. It's, it's really good, and he is, um, in that show, he's Paperboy. He's like the rap I artist. I heard about that, that yeah. Yeah, so um, I like that actor. He was in the Joker movie, too, actually. He, he was he the guy at the, he's like the, the, clerk. the, the clinic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he goes in and steals the paperwork. So I, I just I am blanking on that guy's name. We could look okay, it up, yeah, but yeah, you... <laughs> um, but I enjoy him. I thought it was funny. I mean, nowadays we have to deal with conspiracy th- theories have always been a thing, but I feel like in 2020 you deal with a lot of like, oh, vaccines and 5G mm. and QAnon and like yeah, conspiracy yeah. theories are like on the forefront of kind of our cultural. Yeah. Like I heard about that through Reddit. Yeah, so it's kind of funny to. I mean, in that way, this movie kind of. <laughs> sends the wrong message where it's like hey well the conspiracy theory guy was wrong, yeah. right the whole time um but i enjoyed that part of it um in general yeah uh, i i liked the movie i mean i think you go into it with a certain set of expectations of just like i just want to see monsters fight yeah that's it yeah, it was like the same thing i liked about the first pacific rim movie is like i know i'm gonna see robots punch monsters exactly like, that's, that's and cool. that's the thing like a lot of what movie watching is is expectation yeah and that's my goal walking into those movies like yo just give me what i came here for monsters fighting robots monsters fighting monsters or robots fighting robots any combination i'm not saying i want that in every movie but if that's the advertisement for the movie then give me that and i don't give a fuck about the ancillary stuff as much which I think Godzilla versus Kong, they did a. The the they had like two factions of separate teams, that were mm-hmm. like not not interlinked, but like there was a subgroup that involved with Godzilla story, 
which was like Millie Bobby Brown and this guy, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Was oh, name. yep. Yeah. And great. and then some random other guy who was like Australian. Oh, the kid from, um, he was from Deadpool. Deadpool too. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I, forget I forgot his name. I don't even yep. know if I ever knew it to begin with. But that, that team was kind of unnecessary. Kind they of didn't really do anything. They but it was fun. Spilled whiskey on the control panel. That's that for a second. <laughs> yes. Their main plot goal was to just buy Godzilla three and a half seconds. Yeah, and there was which... such a buildup for that. But they were used as a plot device to explain things. Basically. They're like the audience, but like in the They're film. like helping they're like a little sidebar on like to help the audience. Like, this is why Godzilla's angry. Now that yeah. you know, back to the back to the real shit. Yep. And then, but Godzilla's team had more of a story because they had to go to Hollow Earth, and and God and uh, King Kong was able to like figure out like his origins or whatever. Yeah, and I like the thing that they did, giving him the ability to sign. That was really child. smart. I didn't Be- expect that because it gives. So essentially, there was Godzilla, the first Godzilla movie, then Godzilla King of Monsters. And then there was a Kong movie, and now this movie I think is more of a King Kong movie. Yes, it's more of a King Kong movie, and Godzilla is a primary adversary for most of the film. And eventually, like they do their little team up that you <laughs> expect in these kind of movies. It always happens. Same thing with Batman vs Superman. Bigger, dangerous monster comes. They work together, fight them. But ultimately, like I think this is mostly like a King Kong movie. But all the way through, I'm Team Godzilla. I yeah. was Team Godzilla before this movie started. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, in a vacuum, I don't think that it's close. <laughs> Bro, Godzilla, fucking fucks. All right, there's no fucking with Godzilla, and Godzilla is fucking two and zero in that movie. He fucked up uh, King Kong both in water and on land. He won both of those fights. I yeah. Believe. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, he's he's yeah. king of the monsters and, for a reason. And he bitch-boyed King Kong. Stood yeah. on his chest, was like, you're my fucking bitch, bitch. Yeah. And then Kong basically died. I mean, if And then got resuscitated. If you can if you can take down King Ghidorah, then... Bro, okay. Then so King Kong... Here's the funny thing is, I watched Godzilla King of Monsters after I watched <laughs> uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Because I just... I watched the first half of King of Monsters on a plane and then never got back to it. But after, like, I was already a big Godzilla fan. But, like, after that, like, bro, King Ghidorah, just, let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. Let's see King Kong fight Ghidorah. Uh, Fuck no, bro. Fuck no. No way in hell. Not even with the axe. Not even, no. Ghidorah was a fucking behemoth. Mm -hmm. It was scary because that one scene where Godzilla was standing and Ghidorah was like standing and there was like a big like pano shot of both of them together and Ghidorah spreads its wings and Godzilla's like way fucking smaller I was like yo this is a good size comparison yeah and one thing I liked in those movies especially the Godzilla movies is their scaling and their perception where you'll be like in like you'll see like a lightning happen and they're like silhouette they do a lot of silhouette action in those Godzilla movies where these monsters are in like clouds and like there's like a lightning and you see a giant silhouette. It's just very threatening. Like when King Ghidorah is coming in a hurricane and you're <laughs> mm-hmm. like, holy shit, you know? And I think there's just more at stake 
Yeah. King Kong never dealt with stakes like that. No. <laughs> Godzilla's saving the goddamn world. Yeah, he's going all over the place. King Kong, before this, was on an island. Yes. Yeah, and he fought some <laughs> like lizards. lizards. Yeah. <laughs> small, small lizards. He basically not fought Godzilla, Godzilla sperms because there's Godzilla would have stepped on them holes. Yeah. Yeah. But that was baby Kong, so apparently um, he grew up. Yeah, I think the, the sign language thing was like the smartest thing they could have done because it, it gave Kong a real connection to the humans. Yeah. That was like a legitimate oh shit moment for me when I saw that. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh wow. Like, and it, it makes sense. It does like, make sense. Gorillas yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think they did a couple of things better than Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was one, they didn't have this as much of the like hu- stupid human family drama like in Godzilla or in King of the Monsters. Yeah, a lot of it is like, oh, my my family and my dad is off doing his own thing and everyone's sad. And Doug, let me tell you, that fucking mom <laughs> yeah. in King of Monsters, I would dropkick her in a heartbeat. I, I feel like nothing, none of the decisions she makes in that movie what makes sense. What a dumb fucking idiot. It just nothing makes sense. I, oh my God. Like, I remember my, I, was, I watched it twice. And the second time I was watching with like my family. First time I watched it on my own. And then I, t- I told them, I'm like, before you ask me why she released Ghidorah, this big monster, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she literally just releases all the monsters and then says, oh, fuck. Well, I think maybe releasing all the monsters might be bad. Well, no fucking shit, you dumb ass. Yeah. You idiot. I was so happy she died. I was hoping <laughs> she would have a more gruesome death. She had an off-screen death. Yeah. No, I, she needed an on-screen death. She she deserved it at that Ghidorah point. Ghidorah needed to, like, eat her. <laughs> Stupid idiot. And then Millie Bobby Brown has to, like, fucking solve all the problems herself. <laughs> um, that, that was a big... That was a major problem with uh, King of the Monsters. But... Um, I think the pacing of this movie was really good where like yeah. you had a couple different kind of rounds like you mentioned of fights and the pauses kind of felt natural. The stuff in between felt yeah. natural. Um, I thought the fights were really well like chore- choreographed. choreographed <laughs> I guess the I don't know what you yeah, CGI. You just yeah. um, so the, all that stuff was good. Um, there were, I guess, if we're talking kind of like the good, the bad, the ugly, I think... Uh-huh. Um, Part of the ugly is just that there were some things, like in this movie, I know what I'm getting myself into, but there are a couple of moments that kind of like even push through my suspension of disbelief. Yeah. The one that sticks out to me is when Godzilla uses his breath to shoot through to the center of the the earth. earth. (laughs) Like, 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 hey, oh, he's strong, but come on. But literally tunneled all the way through to the hollow Uh earth. That's that's a long ways. Um, And then I guess Godzilla climbs up that Uh whole way. Or I mean, no, King, King Kong. Kong. King That's Kong a cl- fucking climbs up the entire way to get to come out in Singapore I'm, or yeah. Hong Kong, wherever there. When when I saw that, maybe I had a, I don't even know if I had a spark of suspension of disbelief or for a second because I just kind of ran with it. But one thing that I was like, kind of just like, how basically they they're using Ghidorah's brainwaves, to con- mm-hmm. and Ghidorah ends up just like hijacking. So essentially, that robot is Ghidorah. Yeah. His brain. And Ghidorah just knows his how to skull. use... His skull. Not even his brain. 
like his well yeah his mind <laughs> is still working mind from a skull for some reason i guess because it's, it's empty on the inside and i has the cockpit. guess i don't know and then he hijacks the thing so it's a rematch but yeah kind of but how does Ghidorah know how to shoot a missile rocket like, how does he know his hand's supposed to twist like a saw? How does he know all of these things? Just, like, he's just ready to go. Fucking Iron Man suited up in this machine. Instincts. Um, but there was a couple cool things. Like, I remember, like, when... One of the scenes that I really, like, liked was when Ghidorah... Like, the, the Mecha Godzilla mm-hmm. takes Godzilla's mouth and opens it. And it's going to do <laughs> Godzilla's signature WWE move on him. Yep. I was like, oh, shit. And then I like that little tag team between Kong and them. So Yeah. And my only other complaints, again, you know, coming into it with the right expectations, is um, I guess kind of nitpicky as far as the world setting. Like, uh-huh. the I feel like the first couple of movies are very grounded in kind of like modern day technology. Like, they're using tanks and they put like the missile on the train and the stuff submarines and, and then all of a sudden you get to like this movie and it's like oh we have these Robot. sweet hover cars and yeah, we made a tunnel to the center of the earth and like, where the fuck did all this shit come from yeah and we have mecha godzilla so like there's a big jump in technology which is fine like yeah. it has a different tone it's not a big deal the other thing is that i feel like it's kind of murky everything that happens leading up to this movie like we just got introduced to all the other monsters in king of the monsters where'd they go and then I think I think they say that they, they, they all died, and... or Godzilla killed them all. No, no, they 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 bowed down to Godzilla. But then what? But where I are think they? They during just went back movie? to their whole houses, and they were like, they went back to their houses. Yeah, and Godzilla was like, "Don't fucking step out, bitch! I'm I'm big boy." And then where was King Kong? Was King Kong not subject to hearing the cries of Ghidorah, or he's a very independent thinker too? I don't know. But maybe because King Kong is also an alpha. So only alphas can fight alphas and all these other beta little monsters start bowing and shit. But there's some kind of a montage at the beginning where they're like showing all the people. There's like like a like a bracket almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like a March Madness of monsters. Right. That shows that like all the the monsters that Godzilla defeated. And on Kong's side, it's just like, oh, yeah, the lizards on Kong uh, Island yeah, yeah, and yeah. Skull Island. And then fucking Godzilla's resume. Godzilla is killed like 30 things and Kong still could like Godzilla more. has unreal resume. <laughs> But, like, I thought the insinuation there was that he killed all the other monsters. All the other titans. Did he? Because who who was all the people in the bracket? I think that was just, like, a kind of hierarchy. Num- like, 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 what is it? Like, 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 college, college <laughs> basketball standings? Yes. <laughs> like Godzilla's okay, so they're not seed. dead. Godzilla's number one seed. And, <laughs> and King Kong's, like, a Cinderella story in March Madness. There you go. That's, okay, so so they're not dead. He maybe just I don't think so. put them in, in their place. Just put them in their place. That would make more sense. Um, but then the other weird thing is that like, like Godzilla didn't know Kong was on Skull Island because of the storm. But then the storm moved, and that's what wiped out all the villagers. And that's why the girl is an orphan. But like, when did they build the gigantic? You know, I, it's just maybe it's nitpicky, but. There's a lot of stuff that happens in between the two movies that's just kind of glossed over so we can get to the punching part. Which, honestly, fine by me. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm don't sure it's a better movie for it. But Just make some explosions happen. Make some <laughs> monsters fight each other. I like how they had two rounds. Yeah. Like, I didn't, we didn't have to wait a whole movie for one like round of shit. Yeah. Um, 
And a lot of people who may have not seen the other Godzilla movies kind of just equate him to like random lizard. But he he's a smart individual too. Like Godzilla is a thinking man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's an understanding man. Because in King of Monsters, he saw the humans and was like, I right, thank you for <laughs> like hooking it up. I'll go do this now. Because he, he went straight up with the humans, remember? Mm-hmm. And he was like face to face with them. He's like, all right, okay. And then didn't do anything. You know? Yeah. And in the first time he came and he was doing that threat. He was like threatening them in the underwater when they were in that substation. Yep. He's like, oh, just don't fuck with me. He was me. doing the blinking thing. Yeah. That pacing was slow. Yeah, in King of the Monsters, yeah, it was too slow. Like, there was two fights, I guess, because the one in the Arctic. Antarctica is the first one, yeah. And then and then there's, like, when the Rodan comes out oh, of the yeah, volcano. Rodan. Rodan was sick. Yeah. That was sick. And there's some Mothra and stuff in there, but, yeah. yeah, there's really only, I guess, the three fights. I guess you have Antarctica, and then you have the island, and then you have the end. Yeah, but honestly, like I think they did a good job, uh, the legendary studios, and a lot of people are saying like, I really hope there's like, a sequel and stuff like that and blah blah blah, but, and although kind of like yeah I want to see more monsters fight, I feel like, where do you go from here? The, really? Where do you go? Yeah. Like it's 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 done now. I feel like you were building up to this point. Like we knew that they were when they did Godzilla yeah. and Kong, but. Yeah, but it's done uh, now. You hit it's all. It's not going to be different. Find a new monster for Godzilla. What's what stakes are going to be different? Hmm. If anything, maybe you can have a Kong movie about Hollow Earth, where there's some other shit down there happening. Yeah. And the Earth's going to explode unless Kong just fucking beats a, a lizard. Yeah. But I, I was really hoping that there were like. I, I know this Bunch is of too much to down there. No, yeah, like, because <laughs> they kept saying, like, oh, he's going to find his family or whatever. Like, nah, they fucking that would have been, you know, and it was disappointing because, you know, he's finding nothing. But, like, I don't know, there are baby Godzillas or something down there. Like, that would be, that would be kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. Maybe what would be a cool movie is, like, a kind of, oh, why am I blinking? A prequel mm. to Before Humans? Yeah. Maybe? Well, because clearly there was a giant war. They had like a yeah, church. Yeah, I want to know what happened with all those apes. Yeah. And where was Godzilla at that time? Because there was apparently a giant rivalry between him and Ghidorah. You it's, know? I was envisioning it almost as like a Superman thing where they're like beating the shit out of each other and just wiping each other out. And they're like, go, son. You're going to go to the surface. You'll be the one surviving member. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> like the that's last, how Kong Last son the... of Krypton. Last son of Hollow <laughs> yes. Earth. Yep, that's Godzilla and Kong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it did a good job for what it was and honestly like i saw it in theaters too so like, oh, that, that was would, nice yeah i didn't um but yeah yeah would would recommend that would recommend the snyder cut too i would recommend both of them they're worth yeah the time. if you have the time yeah four hours is a long time but i, I think yeah just to satisfy curiosity uh-huh. they're both worth but, it yeah i think we can cap this episode off with kind of what we're excited for coming up yeah yeah, um, as far as movies. Yeah. Yeah, definitely um, definitely Black Widow, just because mm-hmm. I think all of the Marvel stuff has been consistently good, and I really like David Harbour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Um, 
that's coming out, I think, in the next month or two. I think in July. They pushed it to July. Yeah. And then the the one movie I'm, I've been really excited for was supposed to come out last summer is an A24 movie called The Green Knight. Hmm. And it's by um, uh, David Lowry is the director. He did uh-huh. a movie called uh, A Ghost Story, which is like a super indie film. It's It sounds dumb because it's literally... Casey Affleck wearing a sheet for the entire movie, <laughs> playing a ghost like you do when you're five years old, like with a sheet over your the head. The whole movie? For 95% of the movie. So it sounds like it would be really dumb, but it's... it's. But it also is. But it's it's good. It's slow-paced and it's... It's slow-paced and it's quiet and it's subtle, but it's good. But anyway, he's doing... Wait, um, so it hasn't released yet? Oh, no, no, Sorry. So uh, a ghost story is the director's oh, first oh, okay, film, okay, okay, okay. and this guy is doing the Green Knight, which is like a King Arthur legend. Oh, okay. Um, and the trailer came out last spring, and it was really cool, and I was really excited to see it. But it's been like a lot of stuff delayed inevitably. So those are probably the two big things I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think I'll definitely take a look at that because a twenty four movies, whether I like them or not, are always intriguing. Yeah, they always like catch my intrigue. Uh, yeah, I'll and have then, to show you the trailer. And then I'll I'll leave disappointed, but I I I got reeled in. <laughs> but um, it has a, it stars Dev Patel. Oh yeah, I, think I like him. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for of course the Batman oh, with yeah, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that's coming out in um, <clears throat> I think f- fall of or, this year or next. No, it's year. coming out in 2022 for sure. I think. Yeah, it was originally supposed to come out in October of this year. But then got pushed because something else is coming out at that time, I think. Hmm. I don't know what. But I'm really excited for that. I actually saw the stunt. Du- I went and found the stunt doubles running around in Chicago. Oh, yeah. I saw that on the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. Motor- I, honestly, I, I was whacker. just so fulfilled in my life. Yep. I, was I, like, I saw Batman in real life. I love that they, they shoot so much Batman stuff in Chicago. It makes me so fucking happy. <laughs> yeah. God damn. We're and the real so life mad Gotham I was, City. I was watching The Dark Knight Rises. And they did that in New York. And I was like, you fucking assholes. Because Batman Begins and Dark Knight were in Chicago. Yeah. But then for some reason, magically, they end up in New York for the rises. Not I think because they needed an ocean scene for him to take the bomb over. Lake Michigan gonna... is big. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you can't see the other side. Some so... shit in Lake Michigan and yeah. nuclearize all the fish in the water. It's it's only Michigan. We won't miss yeah. it. It's okay. They're like the harbor is already disgusting in New York, so you might as well just throw a nuke in it. Yep. But that, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for like you said, Black Widow, the Shang Chi movie. Oh Looks yeah, like it's that be just good. that trailer just came out. Um, I'm excited for the Disney Plus shows. Like I'm I'm watching um, Falcon Winter Soldier right yes. now. The last episode is coming out this, this week. week. Watched WandaVision. It was good. Um. Yeah, I think series. the thing I'm looking forward to to most is that Marvel is now, they've kind of mastered their formula. Uh-huh. So now they're branching out into, now we're going to do a martial arts movie and we're going to do yeah. a horror movie, it sounds like, with Multiverse oh, of Madness. Oh, I'm so excited. That I'm excited for, too. That's and then also Spider-Man 3 far, is this year. What? Not far. I was wanting to say uh, far from home. No Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is going to be a multiverse movie. That's crazy. Because they confirmed... The Dr. Octopus from the Tobey Maguire movie for this movie. And they also confirmed that he is that same from the... He's the same octopus from that movie. So he's not going to be just like reprising a role as like a different octopus. He's the same guy. So there has to be multiverse 
activities going on. And I know we're all holding our breath waiting for them to Tom, finally tie Tom, in the X-Men. Toby to just run up on screen. Yeah. And, and they're like, good at keeping secrets, so. <laughs> and so this is their opportunity to tie in some of that old school, like, non-related stuff, plus eventually sneak in the X-Men. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm excited for that. Looking forward to it. And what their castings would be. But other than that, I can't think of any other... I'm just super comic book headed right now yeah. that I can't even get out of it. But I I don't know. But yeah, I think, I think we'll, 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 we'll do some more movie episodes in the future <laughs> with all these things coming out. Apparently, we have plenty to talk about. Yeah. So we'll have to do reviews or, or top tens or anything so, like that. So yeah, Doug is going to be my resident pop culture guest. <laughs> I'm honored. Okay. So what is this? Episode 13? Here we are signing out. Any final words, Doug? For... Just, all two people watching yeah uh thanks for having me back it, it's been great and i think again um the movies have kind of kept me going of like you said get, uh-huh. get drawn into something kind of get pulled out of all the shit going on for a little while it's uh refreshing so yeah looking forward looking forward to all the stuff coming out and for everybody at home watch movies stay happy keep your morales up it looks like this fucking quarantine or not quarantine this covid situation might be Coming to an end maybe this year. Everybody's getting vaccinated. I hope I hope so. So yeah, everybody stay safe, have fun, and see you next time. Deuces. <laughs>